something has been on my mind lately and I need to talk it through. And I need to talk it through with all of you. There were a million different conversations that I could have for this podcast episode. And I am so excited that I have decided to change the format of the podcast so that I'm able to have all of these real-time conversations with you. But I was not anticipating how many, how many there would be at one time to have with you. But this one, this one keeps popping up for me. It has been the theme in every single journal prompt, exercise, mindset work that I have done for the past, I don't even know, days, weeks, It is coming up in all of my client conversations. It's coming up in my community and it came up at a speaking engagement that I recently had. And so I know that that is God's or the universe, higher power, whatever it is for you. It is the way that I'm being told I must have this conversation. I must talk about this and I must share it. And this is where I'm going to do it. So what's the conversation? Here's like the synopsis. And I'm going to go into a lot of detail. The way that people are hiring. The way that people are, and I don't mean like a company hiring an employee, the way that people are hiring coaches and consultants and other service-based entrepreneurs, it is changing. It is in the middle of a huge change. And that means that the way that businesses like yours, the way you need to market your business has to change. It has to, if you want to build a profitable and sustainable and successful business. And this is especially true for businesses who are marketing their business predominantly online. So if you're mainly using the online space to market, this is especially valuable for you. So what is the change and what does that mean for you and how do you need to show up and market and what's going on and you didn't even notice there was a change? Don't worry. We're going to talk all about that in today's episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because, of, Rita, because of Rita, I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and blogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me, like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. This conversation, guys, it's big. I was trying to map out all of the different points that I want to make, and it's too big for one podcast episode, but I'm going to do my best to try to convey the areas that I really want you to focus on and tie it all together in a pretty little bow. But let's start with an example. Let's take the coaching industry. The coaching industry seemed to explode overnight. I mean, am I right? Side note, it is, guys, it is exploding. There has been a 70% increase in the number of coaches, and all of this is like credentialed coaches that can be measured through the International Coaching Federation and all of that. But there's been a 70% increase, so I'm sure there's more, but a 70% official measurable increase in the number of coaches today from this same time in 2014. And why am I using 2014? That's when I left the law. I left my career as a lawyer behind to go into entrepreneurship, and I started as a dating coach. So when I left the law, to become a dating coach. Most of my conversations with people centered around what coaching was 
It was a new industry. It was a new field. People had an idea, but they didn't really know. And most of my conversations were around what coaching was and why someone would even need coaching in general. And then I was asked, well, how does that help in the dating world? People were so unsure of coaching. They were not clear about what it was that the majority of the marketing, the conversations, my showing up had to center around educating people around coaching itself. There just weren't as many coaches and social media back then was really only starting to pick up steam as a valuable tool for entrepreneurs and small businesses. So the ways that I could communicate at the time to my market were limited because social media still had not truly exploded and it was still limited. And so the way that I could communicate, even to educate on coaching, uh, the way that I could communicate to build awareness in my business, it was limited and it was happening in the majority of the way that it was happening was in more traditional formats. But then, and I know it wasn't overnight. I know it wasn't overnight. And if I really dug into the data and wrote a whole term paper on this, I'm sure I could find it. But I'm just talking with you, not writing a term paper. So you'll get me though. It was like I woke up one morning and just not only did everyone know what a coach was because they just did, but everyone was becoming a coach. Suddenly, the conversations were no longer centered around educating people on coaching. That was very clear. It was like, again, it's like I woke up, I ate my oatmeal. And I turned on the computer and everyone, everyone was saying they needed a coach. Everyone was very clear about coaching. They knew why they needed a coach and everyone was becoming a coach. So the conversation shifted. And I can't remember exactly when that was. Maybe it was like 2016, but the conversations shifted to who you were going to hire as a coach. So no, no longer educating people about coaching, but why should you hire me as a coach? Or who should I hire as a coach? Not do I need a coach? Who should I hire as a coach? And all of this was directly related to the accessibility of social media and increased tools and capabilities for entrepreneurs and business owners to build awareness in themselves and to build awareness in their business. The growth of the internet, the growth of social media, and all of these online marketing tools really lowered that barrier to enter into entrepreneurship. They lowered the barrier, making it easier to start small businesses. And whether it was a full-time transition like mine or a side hustle, people were taking skills and talents that they had been applying in either a corporate setting or volunteer setting or even as a hobby, and they were starting businesses. But <laughs> there's always the good with the bad, right? Easier access to starting a business just by default meant the rise of competition. And with the rise of new social media platforms and features and online marketing tools, online marketing took on a life of its own. It was like the movie Alien, guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you were all there, right? We were watching this happen. It was just quick and it was fast and it was like, whoa, you better buckle up. You better be ready to ride this roller coaster. And suddenly everyone was online. Everyone had a side business. Everyone had a business and everyone wanted an internet-based business and everyone wanted to use the internet to market their business, even those who were still building their business, mainly in traditional settings. But the online marketing space became crowded quickly with entrepreneurs and influencers and coaches, consultants, service-based entrepreneurs. So I'm not just talking about e-commerce here. I'm really focusing on service-based businesses. And they were all vying for attention. 
And the way you had to vie for attention was with, you know, really flashy marketing messages, attention-grabbing trends, feed-stopping emotional images. It was even before video was a huge thing. Now, to flip over to the other side of the coin, there were benefits because it wasn't just good for people to be able to start a business, but now it was benefiting consumers. There used to be a barrier to access for support. There used to be just a few people who had the market and had the attention, and they were like gatekeepers. They were guarding information behind a gate. You had to pay for the key. I mean, I could do all the analogies, guys. I'm not going to do all the analogies for you, but... There were very few select people who had the reach to people to talk about what they were doing and what solutions were. And those solutions were carefully guarded. Information was still not plentiful on the internet. And you really had to hire those people and you had to hire those people without even really knowing what is the information? Is it good? I I had to trust these people just based on who they were being, right? Who they were being. And so it was good in that suddenly there were more options to choose from for consumers. The ability to access solutions to challenges and get the support necessary to really realize some life-changing results and business-changing results, it was easier than ever. And that was a good thing because now consumers had more options to pick the right solutions for them. So where there were no options or limited options before and where support had been more difficult to obtain, now there were a plethora of options. So how did a consumer choose to hire? As that pivot happened, the marketing still wasn't changing. So remember I said there were only a few big key players, and I think we know a lot of those big names who had the corner on different industries back around that time. And again, they were gatekeepers. They were guarding the information that it was, you like me, you trust me, you hire me, you pay me, and then we'll, you can have my program. And then you'll get all of the information. And so the marketing was centered on who they were as a person and making you feel like you could be their friend and that you liked them. It didn't necessarily go deep into value. There weren't, it just wasn't the type of content. Let me say that. Again, I could do a whole episode on this. It wasn't the same kind of content then as it is now. But the marketing was coming from that place. So even as there were more options and the internet opened up and suddenly everyone was able to kind of have this easier access to start businesses, the marketing was still being treated the way it always had been before this became true, meaning the focus was on the person. So how did a consumer choose to hire in the same way that they had been choosing, which was not why do I need this and how is this a good solution for me? It was focused on that person. Guys, I told you, it's a big conversation. So just to kind of like put the bullet points, right? It was at first, why a coach? Why this industry or why this service? Then it became not so much why you, because there were only a few people, right? Remember the gatekeepers and all of that. Now there were a lot of people. So now it's, but why you? So what I want you to see is, For a while, it was why this service, why coaching, why consulting, why the thing that you do. But then there were a few people entering that online space and entering marketing in a different way that really had the corner. So it wasn't so much why this, it was starting to shift, but it had not yet shifted to why you, because there were only a few people to choose from. It was with the abundance of choices that the conversation switched to why you. 
why should I hire you? So consumers were looking for why you, and business owners were still marketing the way that marketing had been happening, which was, well, you hire me because you like me. You hire me not for the info. You're going to get the info when you work with me. You just kind of like like me as a person. And so people who were seeking to hire hired people they liked, which is not a bad thing. We want to like the people we work with. But really, they were looking for people that they wanted to have as a friend. It was it was like a big popularity contest, guys. People whose lives they wanted to be part of or whose lives they wanted to mimic. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But at the time, it was often the sole determining factor because it was really all people had access to in determining why they would want to work with someone. People weren't necessarily hiring people with the strongest skills or abilities or frameworks, track records. They were hiring people more from a, I really want to spend time with this person. I really want to be around their energy. I really want to be their friend space more than they were, well, this person has the skills and the ability and the receipts to back all of it up to truly change my business and change my life. So it really was this popularity contest, but I want you to see why. It wasn't surprising that it was because of the gatekeepers and the few people and the fact that you didn't have that ability to be, I don't know, selective in who you were choosing because you only had a few options and they could gatekeep. And therefore, it wasn't a determination of whether you thought they were good at what they did. It was, did I like them enough to want to give them my money to find out (laughs) if they're good at what they do? And so even with that abundance, even with all the businesses opening up, that marketing method hadn't changed. So they were marketing towards, I need you to like me, and people were still making their choices and their decisions from that mindset because that's the way they had to approach it before. So that's how they were hiring. I want to spend time with this person. I want to be their friend. And entrepreneurs and service-based businesses had to market in that way because that's how they met how people were making their choices. And that meant the advent of sexy marketing messages, (laughs) marketing to get fast results and playing into people's fear of missing out and really shifting to that influencer economy, influencer-based marketing. And the marketing worked and built many a business, okay? So that marketing worked, it built businesses, it elevated many entrepreneurs. But where a fire ignites really quickly and is burning hot super fast, it also dies down really quickly. And people were finding that those who they were hiring from a place of, I wanna be like them, I wanna be their friend, they have great energy, oh, they can get me fast results, this is such a great promise, wow, this is something that I'd like to have in my life or I'd like to have this life. It just wasn't. Those weren't getting them the meaningful results that they were hoping for at all. And the same internet and the tools that were used to elevate people soon became used to spread the word that people weren't following through on their promises, they weren't providing great services, They didn't have the evidence or the receipts to back up what they were saying. And sometimes people weren't providing services at all. And sometimes people were just false advertising. It was like they were saying, this is this, and none of it was true because of the ease of being able to do that. So there are all kinds of things going on. Take all of that and combine it with where we are now in 2023. Along with the rise of the internet and the creation of more online marketing tools and communication platforms than ever, and, you know, easy access, all that really means easy access to, quote unquote, fake news, which also started to happen. So erroneous information was, is plentiful. 
And then add to that concerns about the economy right now. Concerns about the economy are at an all-time high. People are becoming more cautious because of this, because, oh my gosh, we have been making all of these decisions based off of the marketing, which was really influencer, flashy marketing, popularity contest, sexy messages, can't miss out, I want to be around you, I want to be your friend, and then finding out, whoa, but like I'm giving money to all of these people and I'm not really getting what I thought I would be getting from them in terms of results and I keep paying and I keep not getting the results and I keep, it's whoa, hold up. And now it's, uh, I have to be really careful now. Not only is that happening, but now there's just more fake news out there, deep fakes and chat GPTs and all of this stuff. Anyone can kind of create an image that they're really good at what they do And there's this erroneous information out there, just information in general. There's this kind of false marketing and advertising and a plethora of all of that. And then you add to that the concerns about the economy. Money. I just don't have money to lose. That's what people are saying. I don't have money to lose anymore. I can't take a gamble on that. I really want to be guaranteed of results. And of course, we know most of what is done, it can't be guaranteed, but it's understandable that people are feeling hesitant with everything that's happened about who they are investing in. And all of that's just a really long way, guys. As I told you, this is just a a real-time conversation that I'm having with you right now about all of this. Just It's a long, wordy way of saying that people are becoming more cautious with their money. They are becoming more cautious with investments and more discerning in the information that's being thrown their way to make those decisions. In the past, Even as a whole, people used to feel confident going to Google to get answers, right? Oh, I want to know X, Y, Z. I'm just going to Google it. And oh, there's the answer. But with that proliferation of fake news and untrusty sources, that mindset is really being abandoned. Now more than ever, people are seeking true leaders to guide them and to provide them with accurate, unbiased, and consistent information. People are calling out for experts. I don't know if you guys know, for a while in the marketing, there was a huge trend to, to kind of downplay or even badmouth or shame experts. Oh, look at that person calling themselves an expert. <laughs> Who are they <laughs> to call themselves an expert or an authority? Because, right, because the marketing was, I am you. And yes, that's true. Sometimes you want people who are like you, but these things aren't mutually exclusive. What I'm saying is there was a hyper focus on no one's really an expert. No one's really an authority. Like, hire us because you like us, right? And and to do that, to really make that marketing work, they had to shame people who were using certain words. But now there's a shift. People are saying, I want an expert. I want someone who can provide me with evidence-based solutions and not just promises of fast results and instant gratification. And consumers now are understanding that true expertise and true results take time. And they want to invest in a professional. They want to invest in someone who has a track record of creating lasting results. Now, I'm not saying this either. If you're new, you have to start somewhere. So don't think people aren't going to hire you just because you're new. It's about transparency and marketing and where you are and what has led you to even be able to start doing what you do. So even that is a track record that allows people to make this decision. It's a fundamental shift, guys. And maybe I'll get better at like tightening this up. There's just been a fundamental shift in how people are approaching their problem solving. 
And it's really important for you as a business owner to understand this and to change and to adapt accordingly. Again, that just Google it to get the latest information or to trust what you were reading about a service provider or a review, that was fully trusted. And now it's not. I mean, before it was, well, here it is. It's on the internet. Must be true, right? It must be true. I mean, really, it's here on the internet. It must be true. And now it's like, it's on the internet. Means nothing, right? So with so much inaccurate, biased, and inconsistent information, people are really ditching that idea that they can get real answers that will create meaningful results by what they just find and see in information thrown into their face online. So if they can't turn to Google and they can no longer trust this influencer type marketing that they they still see day in, day out on repeat, then what are they using? What are they using as a basis of their decisions and who they want to hire and work with? And the answer is really thought leadership. They are looking for thought leaders in the respective industry where they're seeking support, where they're seeking help. They want real experts. Guys, it is okay to say you're an expert if you're an expert. (laughs) And so we're going to talk a little bit about thought leadership and experts and all that. And we're going to talk about that over many episodes to come in various, I promise, fun, fun ways. But I mean, I really want you to see that because for so long, there was this collective message that there was something bad or shameful around calling yourself an expert. And that really led people to kind of push off wanting to embrace that title. But that's going to hurt you in a time where people are looking for experts, individuals with experience, skills, credibility, consistency, accuracy. And because they're being more discerning in all of their investments, they are no longer falling into the marketing messages that used to work, like urgency traps, fear of missing out, fast promises, and they're not needing to make their decisions quickly. They don't want to make a rash decision on who they hire because a lot of these investments are significant investments. And because of everything that's going on, they just don't want to get it wrong. They want to take their time and choose who they're going to work with slower than they used to. The promises of fast results and all of those tactics, it's not going to cut it anymore. Having a great personality or good energy, you know, isn't going to be the thing that just gets you quiet. Not alone. Guys, I hope you have a good personality. I hope you have good energy. But even if you don't, if you have the right information and the not just the information, the experience to show that you know how to help someone apply that information, the credibility to show that you're an authority and you've helped people with this before, all of that stuff. That's going to be what's going to get you clients, even if maybe you have a quote unquote not so great personality. But what I'm saying is personality and energy alone and the fact that somebody just wants to be Rita's friend. And I hope you do. I hope you all want to be my friend. But you guys aren't going to give me $10,000 for private coaching because I'd like to just chat with Rita every day. You're going to give $10,000 to me for my coaching because I'm going to be able to help you get clients. I'm going to be able to help you scale to the revenue that you want to create in your business. I'm going to be able to help you live a life you love while you're doing it. right. Like, And, and you'll know that because of what I've put out there and that you have consumed over time in various ways until you're certain of that, until it's been validated for you. So as a marketer, as a business marketing in the world, hopping on the latest trends and approaching your business from the mindset of an influencer, it's not going to grow and sustain your business. So that means solo entrepreneurs, small businesses, you, you have to shift your focus from wanting to accumulate followers or go viral 
to developing solid thought leadership positioning. You have to shift your mentality from getting everyone to hire you based off of a really flashy launch or your sexy marketing messages to understanding what it takes to build a trust-based relationship with your audience or your community. Let me also pause here. I'm pausing everywhere, guys. Let me take a moment to explain the difference between a thought leader and an influencer. Because being an influencer is not bad. And I do not want this podcast ever, especially this episode, to make you think that I'm implying that. It's different. One is not better than the other. It's different. And what's needed for certain specific results will differ. And it doesn't mean that you won't also be an influencer that you'll, you won't wear both hats. You probably will in your strategy to build a business. Most solo entrepreneurs have to show up as both an influencer and a thought leader. It just used to be all you had to do <laughs> was show up as an influencer, but now you have to kind of be both. But let me give you the Rita definitions. So an influencer, remember, this is a Rita definition. An influencer speaks directly to consumers They are focused on getting consumers to do something, to spend their money in a certain way, to embrace specific businesses, to embrace specific trends. And that may be their own thing. And it may be the service or product of other people. A thought leader isn't focused on how the consumer is in that moment spending their money and what they're choosing to do. A thought leader instead is a true expert in their field They have a reputation. And I'm not saying that influencers aren't. An influencer can be a thought leader. But as a whole, it's like an influencer can be a thought leader. A thought leader can be an influencer. They can be standalone. But just so you get the idea. And that's what, what an influencer is doing. An influencer is influencing. But what are they influencing? Consumers to spend their money a certain way, a specific way, on a specific service, a specific idea, a specific product. But a thought leader doesn't have to be an influencer. There doesn't have to be influencing and thought leadership. So a thought leader isn't focused on getting the consumers to spend their money in a specific way. Instead, they're simply experts in their fields. They have a reputation for providing valuable evidence-based solutions to problems. They have a wealth of knowledge and experience, and they share it freely. They share it freely with their audiences. But they also use all of that to challenge the status quo to focus on the future, to make bold predictions on what's to come, where consumerism is headed, where business is headed, where the world is headed, and they make decisions in their business based on those predictions. So while influencers are really surrounded by consumers, thought leaders are surrounded by influencers. So let me give you an example. A kitchen and bath columnist, let's say that there's someone who writes a column for a local paper about kitchens and baths. And they're following all of the leaders in that industry, the top designers, the ones who are saying, hey, here's the design that I believe is going to be the life-changing design. And they're watching all of these designers say that. And they're watching everything that's happening in the kitchen and bath industry. So this columnist in this example writes an article. And they write an article featuring the design that they think. They've heard about, they've, they've seen everything all of these designers have to say. And they go, nope, I believe that one. I believe what that person is saying. That person, I think, is getting the prediction right. That person sees the future of kitchen and bath. I am on board with what that person is saying. So they write an article about that idea, that concept, that design, and they share about the elements of the design and the concepts involved and why they believe that this one, this person knew it and that this is indeed the design for the year. 
And the article then influences readers to go and mimic that design, to go buy those products, to go design their home in that way, their kitchen or their bath in that way. The columnist is an influencer. Producers who choose what segments to put on the news, they're influencers because they're influencing consumers by choosing what they're going to hear on the air. You know, editors are influencers. The people who are, you know, showing you like, hey, here's a dress and I'm wearing the dress. They're getting you to go buy that dress. Affiliate marketing, all of that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so in this example, that columnist was an influencer. But all of the people the columnist was following to get educated on the design trends and helping, you know, all that information that was helping people, helping them make the decision about what they believed was the design. Those people were thought leaders. They were making bold predictions. They were creating the life-changing designs. They were putting them out into the world at expos and shows. And the influencers were attending the expos and shows and learning about innovations and learning about and really starting to find who they wanted to follow. It's the same thing at fashion shows. All of these fashion designers creating like all of these like insane, right? Like like amazing fashion and putting it out into, into the world And then fashion bloggers and columnists and all are saying, hey, this is it. I think this designer's got it. So I want you to see kind of that difference. A thought leader is someone who has a real deep understanding of their industry. They use that knowledge to educate and guide others. They're considered experts in their field. Their content is often backed by research and data. They are unafraid to make bold predictions based off of, you know, what they are experiencing, what they have experienced. They may not have the largest following, but their audience trusts them. And on the other hand, influencers are really known for flashy, you know, emotion-based content. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. When I use the word flash, it's not a bad thing. Their goal is to get followers and interaction now. They have to influence you now. It's like, I need to influence you now to go buy that sink. I need to influence you now to buy that lipstick. I need you to buy this program right now. I need you to buy this planner right now because I'm influencing you to go buy these things and spend your money on this now. So they have to catch attention now. They really don't have necessarily the time, a long lag time and the ability to have that to build that up. So they have to be different in how they approach their marketing to get followers now and to get people to follow them now. They may not have the same level of expertise as a thought leader. Again, they can. You can be both, right? But I'm just showing you how they can be separate. A thought leader does not have to be an influencer. Also, an influencer does not have to be a thought leader. So they don't have to have the level of expertise as a thought leader, but they do have to have a large following and they have to be able to generate a lot of buzz. So Hopefully that allows you to see how thought leadership and influencing diverges and overlaps. An influencer for makeup, again, doesn't have to be a thought leader in that industry. They don't have to know where the industry is headed or what changes are in store, and they don't have to predict the future of the makeup industry, but they do have to have a large following, and they need to be communicating with that following and marketing to them in a way that the audience trusts them enough to want to purchase the products that they're sharing, and that really does mean a specific type of marketing to build and maintain the following and interest and engagement that's required for that to succeed. But a thought leader is really focused on sharing the value and the ideas that they know people need to make a lasting change, even if that's not the sexiest message for people to hear now, even if people aren't ready to embrace that idea right then in that moment. And even if it's going to take a longer time for people to get on board and build trust with that thought leader, 
they're not really paying attention to how many followers they have as a result of what they're saying or how people are putting the money into the economy right now. They're really just sharing expertise, and it's through sharing expertise that they will build trust, and they're not attached to such a same timeline or immediate kind of instant results that an influencer has to be. So a solopreneur can wear both hats. And often, like I said, they need to. They need to be both a thought leader and they are really speaking directly to the consumer and trying to influence a decision, a hiring decision, a purchase decision. So you have to know how to be both. But what I'm really saying, and this is the days of just being able to be an influencer are over. The death of the influencer. You have to lean into and understand thought leadership. You have to own it. You have to be comfortable with the words. And you have to be comfortable in the kind of content that a thought leader puts out. And you have to detach from certain external markers of success that are no longer really your correct markers of success. So what does this really mean? It means shifting your focus from creating content that builds that large following and gets people to engage with you right now or purchase or hire quickly to creating content that educates, that provides value, that builds trust. And that means often saying no to the latest social media and marketing trends. It means saying no to some of the platforms as they pop up. And it really means letting go of worries about the algorithm, follower count, or engagement. Because when you focus on creating content to get engagement or followers. Like, I'm creating this so people will follow me. I'm creating this so people will comment on it. I'm creating this so people will go buy this planner right now. You aren't necessarily sharing the most valuable content for your audience that they need right in that moment to create some real meaningful change. You're sharing the content that they're going to like the most. And that might not be the same as what they need to hear or what will really provide significant change. So being a thought leader sometimes aligns, but most often it means building an audience a following slower. It may mean less engagement in the moment. It may mean a smaller audience or community. And it definitely often means a longer period of time that people take from becoming aware that you exist to deciding to hire you. So you have to approach your business from a desire to build a reputation as an expert. Again, there's that word, that word that everybody was avoiding. You have to approach your business from a desire to build a reputation as an expert in your field. You have to approach your business from a desire to provide value to your audience. And you have to do that while letting go of your own desire for short-term gains or quick wins. And that means continuously improving and adapting to the changes in the market. It means staying up on the latest trends and technologies in your industry. It means being willing to adapt your business to meet the changing need of your audience, the changing needs of your clients. That alone sets you apart as a true leader in your industry. So how do you position yourself as a thought leader? And While it's the same, it differs slightly in whether you're going to be online, on social media, whether you're going to be in person, whether you're showing up as a speaker, different situations. The way you do this will tweak slightly, but overall, you have to be really clear on what you're an expert on. For example, like I am an expert in entrepreneurship and building a business and business strategy. I better be, I better be an expert on that because that's what I do. That's what people pay me for. But 
I also have to be an expert in a more narrow way. But how do I do that? For me to be able to, what I believe, (laughs) to be good at providing business strategy, for me to be a good business strategist, I believe I must be an expert in sales. I must be an expert in marketing and visibility. I must be an expert in personal growth and development. I have to be an expert in the client experience. I have to be an expert in productivity. And I have to be an expert in clarity. And so I have to know what I'm an expert in. Other business coaches, other business strategists may believe that in order to do what they do and do it well, they have to be an expert in Facebook ads and they have to be an expert in branding and they have to be an expert in video. We're all going to be different in how we execute on what we do, but you have to be clear on your areas of expertise. And then you have to have a solid content strategy that allows you to provide your audience what they need to make the decision around hiring you or not from that place of long-built trust, long-building trust. And so how do you do that? What kind of content does that? Yeah, people have to know they like you. They have to know that they trust you as a person. They have to know that they like the values of your business and can trust your business. But they also have to know that you are credible. And so credibility is I've spoken to places before. I've been in this media before. I've been interviewed before. People seek me out as an expert in this area. I'm credible. I have receipts to back this up. I have research. I have data. I have client experience, case studies, right? I've worked with people. I've helped people with this before. So you have to share that kind of information so they know it, that you're credible. And that I'm an authority. I understand like the tips, the tools, the resources, all of that educational type based marketing that falls under, I'm an authority in this. I'm an expert. I'm an authority. The credibility is, and I have receipts to back it up. I have evidence to back it up. And people can't just trust me as a person. They have to trust that they can give me money and that I can deliver on the promises. And they also have to trust that it's going to be a good experience to work with me. So all of that thought leadership has to show that I am an expert in my field and all the various ways. And we're going to, I'm going to tell you how you can find all of that out in more detail. But this is again, the high level overview that I'm an expert in authority, that I'm credible, that you can trust that it's going to be a good experience to work with me and you can trust me and you can trust to give my business money, right? All of that kind of stuff is what your content needs to be showcasing. So take time to really think about what you're good at, what sets you apart from others in your industry, so that you can create content that demonstrates those skills and abilities, showing that you're an expert. Create content that showcases your expertise. So that's that valuable, informative content that demonstrates that. But also network with other thought leaders in your industry. Connecting with other thought leaders increases that credibility, and it opens up new opportunities for you. You really have to nurture the relationships with this kind of content over a period of time. And it's the long game. You have to be consistent with it. You have to be persistent with it. What what is it they say? Rome wasn't built. <laughs> Rome wasn't built overnight. Like your business isn't going to be overnight. It's not a one-time thing. You're not just trying to go viral and get a big hit. Like this is for long-term success. So by providing value, building trust, staying on top of the latest trends, you're going to be really on your way to filling your days with dream clients. So this was my very long way of saying marketing is changing because the way that people are choosing to hire people is changing and you need to be on top of the change in marketing. You have to understand how it was and why it was that way and you have to understand now why it's the way that it's going 
and how you need to claim and own your position as a thought leader, but what that really means and how it differs from being an influencer so that you can create the content that is needed for that because people are seeking that and that is how they are making their hiring decisions. Now, again, the way you do this, the way you create content on social media, for example, that does all of these things and showcases thought leadership versus the way that you do it as a speaker versus the way that you do it in a networking event versus, you know, the overall kind of concept of nurturing these relationships, like that may all have slight nuances. And so if you can't tell, guys, this is a huge conversation. <laughs> Big, I feel like I have been all over the place in this conversation, hopefully it's clear enough to you that you are walking away with the concepts, but I knew it was too much for one podcast episode, yet this is coming up over and over. The way people are hiring is changing, the way you need to market is changing, really the way we have to do business and business as a whole is changing. And it was way too big for one po podcast episode. And so I ended up creating a free live interactive event. It's super interactive. It is a conversation. I'm actually calling this a gathering because it's not a training. It's not a masterclass. It's not a webinar. It is an interactive event. And I've named it Get Hired by the Right People at the Right Rate. So yes, we want to get hired, but you don't want to just get hired by anyone. You want to get hired by the right people, your dream clients, and you do want them to feel comfortable and confident investing in you at the rate that your business has set. So I've created this innovative three-part series. It's for business owners and entrepreneurs, and the participants are going to learn not only from me, but each other through the conversations that we're having on how to attract the right people into your audience and your community so that you can fill your days working with those dreamy clients, right? Those quote unquote ideal, dreamy, wonderful, whatever word you want to use, clients. It is not a cookie cutter solution. This is not a pre-drafted three tips to dot, dot, dot program. Like I said, it is live, real time, and it's conversation-based so that I can, and we all can, address specific challenges. And that will allow all the participants to learn from one another on how to overcome these challenges in really practical, easily implementable ways. And so the first part, because like I said, this is a three-part series. So part one of the series is happening on January 31st, and it's happening at 3 p.m. And it's going to be all about getting in front of the right people on social media. As we discussed earlier, people aren't looking for influencers anymore. They're gravitating towards thought leaders. And that means how business owners are showing up on social media must adjust to the new way that people are consuming content and making their hiring decisions. And that's what we're going to discuss in detail in the first gathering. So you can sign up by going to the link in the show notes to secure your spot. When you sign up for the first part, you're automatically signed up for all three. So just to kind of tease those, right, the first part is about getting in front of the right people on social media. The second part is about getting in front of the right people in person. So that's through networking and speaking. And then the third part is getting the right people on the phone who are ready to hire you and excited to hire you and invest at the rates that your business has determined are the right rates. And so that's what we're going to be discussing throughout the series. But this first part is specific on social media. How does content need to be adjusted on social media to match the way that people's hiring decisions have changed? So sign up now, secure your spot so you can start showing up on social media in a way that gets you in front of the right people. And I'm going to talk to you next time on the next episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. 
Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It Show. And my goal is to share this business-boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser-focused and go all-in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to RitaMamieDoIt.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.